this evening, the scripture reading is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. Joshua, chapter 3, verse 1 to 17. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from city. And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it. In order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exhort you in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is now, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that you will without fail dry out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergeshites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the art of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, before take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the priests, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests, bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were deep in the brinks of the water, now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in the heap very far away, at Adam, the city that is beside Jerotan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel were passing over on the dry ground until all the nations finished passing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm going to stay here today. 
Good afternoon, everyone. Trust that all of us are keeping well. Just before I go on to the sermon, I got two quick announcements. Number one, the C class that Joy and myself are supposed to do starting next month, we need to postpone this to next year I, I, for some, re some, some reasons. And um, Joy is also rushing here, her assignments. Uh. So that's one. Number two is the refreshment today. Um, the regular refreshment will be, will be on this side at Bowson Low Ground Floor. The drinks and some biscuits are there. And because we are going to have a newcomer's dinner tonight, so the what call it, side hall will be used. So for those of you who, who who joined us for refreshment, please remember, it's on this side of the hall. Okay, let's, let's now look to the Lord in prayer to help us as we begin our time together. Father, we thank you for today. Indeed, today is the day that you have made. And Lord, even as we look through the book of Joshua chapter 3, Lord, we ask that you will speak to us. And Lord, that we today that you were that we will not forget what you have, what you are going to do in our lives, and remembering your goodness and your faithfulness as well. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want to thank Eric for reading the very long chapter, <laughs> seventeen verses. We continue with our sermon series today on the Book of Joshua. The book of Joshua recorded for us not only the life of Joshua as a leader, but also the successful conquest of the Israelites as they possessed the promised land, the process of possessing the promised land. There were many challenges, there were many difficulties along the way, but through it all, we see God's hand upon the, His people. We will, we will journey with them along in this series. In chapter 1, as if you will recall, we met the new leader, Joshua, and how God encouraged him to be bold and courageous as he took up this new responsibility and to lead this large group of people. He had been with Moses many years, and God, God must have understood what Joshua was going through at that particular time. And in order to encourage him, he gave, them, he gave Joshua the key to success. At a point of time, if you were in Joshua's shoes, what would you be going through? Your, what was going through your mind? Would these people accept me? like they accepted Moses. What if I fail? Big shoes, big responsibility, isn't it? So I reckon that the key to Joshua, to Joshua's successful conquest is found in chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Okay, okay it's really up there. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, 
and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was the promise that Joshua anchored his faith on. If there is a theme that runs throughout the book of Joshua, I reckon that it will be to be bold and courageous. Boldness and courage, or be bold and courageous, would be the theme for the book of Joshua. Bold and courageous is needed for us to put our faith in God. Bold and courageous is needed for each one of us to face its, each situation in life, don't we? And sometimes crossing the road also needs bonus and courage. Huh? When you see the green man bling, 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 you run, not to run, not to run. Anyway, um, so bonus and courage is needed in every situation of our life. What Joshua needed to do, according to this verse, these two verses, all he needed to do was to be bold and courageous, to stay close to the Word of God and to obey His Word. To, to stay focused in God. And then, he will be prosperous and successful in his many adventures, in his endeavors. And the promise of God to Joshua was that God will never leave him nor forsake him. And we will see that to be true as we read, as we read on in Joshua. Of course, like Joshua, you and I can stand on God's promise. So I... I didn't, I, I, I didn't uh, back up with the worship leader. Mingui certainly must have waited upon the Lord uh, for his songs today. So when I was singing, I was saying, yes, God, thank you, Lord. So we all can stand on the promises of God that he will never leave us nor will he forsake us, granting us strength to go on to our journey on earth. So this is the promise of God that we can stand on. In chapter 2, we just saw last week how God granted favor to the two spies when they went to Reki Jericho through the person of Rahab. And we saw that the face of Rahab and the grace of God in action. And we will see the eventual conquest of Jericho later on in chapter 6. So as the story continues, we read today that one day, Joshua woke up and he moved everyone to the beach. How nice, right? Move everyone to the beach. And, let's, and then he moved everyone to the beach. At this time of the year, we read, we read just now that it was harvest time and the water on the River Jordan was flooding. It, it looks something like that. Huh? I found this picture on the, on the internet. It's flooding. In fact, if you go YouTube and you, you type in um, Harvest Time in River Jordan, you will see a video as well. It's, it's a very, very um, strong current and strong enough to have undercurrent which could be dangerous for anyone to cross. So, can you imagine? They go by the beach, they will take they pitched their tent by the beach, and this is what they saw. 
And to give us a, so to give an idea, this is a picture. So we must remember that at this point of time, the people of Job, the people of Israel, it was practically a new generation altogether. It's practically a new generation altogether. Like, if we want to talk about our, our brother Danny just now, it may be his son or his grandson that is by the beach, huh? at camping at the camping camping there and looking at the overflooding Jordan and wondering how to cross. This group of people must have heard stories about the parting of the Red Sea during Moses' time from their ancestors. And at this point of time, looking at the Jordan River, they must be wondering, were the stories we heard for real? Will God do it again? Will I get to witness something miraculous again? Let's take a look at a map um, to give us an idea of the journey of the conquest. From the map, we see that right now in chapter 3, following the Red Arrow, we start from that circle there, we are at Shatim. So later on, they will cross the Jordan, and then they will conquer Jericho, which is right across Jordan, and then they will go throughout the other land, to, to conquer the other land. We will, follow, we will journey with them later on. And when they conquer the other land, it's finally settled down and have a place of their own. Now they are camping at this side of Jordan, probably looking and wondering what is next. I reckon that in the three days that is mentioned just now in Joshua 3, the hearts of the people were filled with excitement. Number one, wow, cross the river, River Jordan, you have Jericho, you have all the land, promised land. They must be filled with anticipation and imagining the land that was filled with milk and honey. It's like moving to a new place, isn't it? Dreaming of the new place that you are going to have. I remember when I, before I went and select my HDB flat, I live in a three-room flat. My sister and myself went to Reki, the area, Tiong Bahru area, where the different units would face morning sun, afternoon sun. I'm sure a lot of you do that now when you are selecting a flat. Every time I pass by the area, I would pray, God, give me a unit there, please. So I prayed that for quite a long time, every time I passed by. Then finally, the selection of my flat came. Then I waited for the completion. Then, of course, the rest followed, collection of keys, renovation, and finally moving in. New season begin. I must admit that I was excited. I was fearful. Though I was looking forward, I was fearful because I wondered what it would be like to stay by myself. I've never stayed by myself before that, okay? But it's been six years now, so I'm doing fine, thank God. So for the people, they were looking forward to this new season when, after they crossed Jordan, beyond the Jordan, life beyond the Jordan. And they were still, but at this point, they were still at this side of Jordan, looking across the beach. They somehow did not know how long they would be there. 
and because the instruction to cross came only three days later. In, let's take a look at the first couple of verses again. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim. And then they came to the Jordan, he and all the people, and lodged there before they passed over. Then at the end of the three days, the officer went throughout the camp. So they, they were lodged there. They were lodging there. They, they, they probably, when they moved to the beach, side, beach area, I reckon that they put up their tents, they unpacked their stuff, the women folks will start setting up their kitchen because they are about to lodge there. And, and scripture says that they were staying there. How long? It was anybody's guess at that time. But as we read through Exodus, we realize that they were very used to this kind of lifestyle. Pack, unpack at the shortest notice. So the, later on, three days later, the instruction went out. Then what, what can we say about their time in the wilderness until now? Throughout their time together, I believe, I believe that God was building in them a sense of comradeship. The sense of comradeship. Comradeship carries the idea that a person is a fellow member of an organization or an activity. And the Chinese have one word uh, that a lot of us, some of us are familiar with. is the word 同志. 同志. And when you think of this word 同志, we, it reminds us that comradeship must have that same spirit, same goal and ambition. And the commonly used word comrade in arms carries the meaning of fellow soldier or combatant fighting for the same cause. I'm sure those of you who have been through the army will understand this word better than many of us. Then the dictionary says, Comrades in arms is someone who has worked for the same cause or purpose as you and has shared the same difficulties and danger. I believe that this term rightly describes the people of Israel at that time. Comradeship is established during the time of relationship building. They have stayed together for many years, side by side, sharing resources. The women folks probably shared recipe, okay? How the best way to cook the, the food that, was, that they received from heaven. Only when they have tasted the food of the promised land, then all this fruit from heaven stopped. Eh? So, they have shared resources. In living together, they needed to do what? Care for one another. They needed to look out for one another and, and the welfare of each other as a community. It was a tight bonding time that God was establishing among the people to be a united group of people. The, the people needed all of this because they're going to fight a war together. They're going to possess the promised land together. They're going to cross the Jordan River together. And all of this, all of them did not know what to expect. I don't think Joshua knew what to expect beyond the Jordan either. So they were all together as a community. They did not know what 
was ahead of them. I'm sure that they spent time training for the future conquests. They did not know the strength and weaknesses of their enemies. They just have to guess. They saw all the training that they have, they put in, it will be put to good use as you read on in Joshua. So they cannot afford to be independent. They cannot to live by themselves. They cannot to, 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 to walk in this community on their own. The spirit of comradeship was essential for them. Why? To achieve their common goal. That is to possess the land promised by God to their ancestors. The common, this common goal gels the community together. It helps them to focus. It helps them to look forward. A forward-looking kind of attitude. We look forward together. A rallying point, if you want to say that. Then to bring hope and anticipation, excitement to the new season, the new life that will begin beyond the Jordan. Like any community, I believe that they talk about this common goal all the time. They knew. They knew the promised land is just beyond the Jordan. It's very close to them now. Just like when we were planning for church camp. So the committee's job was to excite us, to get organized for everyone to sign up, everyone to have a good time of fellowship and hearing the worshiping together and hearing the word. That after the publicity started, it was a common topic among us. Hey, are you going to the camp? Have you signed up? So all of this, and, and I believe the excitement was also in Israel at that time. Then it's the same for us for the family day. We get excited, we signed up, and we went. So at this time, I want to take this opportunity to thank the Cornerstone Cell for organizing the church camp committee. Let's give them a clap, sorry. Thank you very much, Chen Fong and Cell, for the time of fellowship together. But as a church here in ASC, we also have a common goal. What's our common goal? Our vision and mission statement. That is, living out a lifestyle of evangelism and cultivating a lifestyle of discipleship. This is, of course, anchored on the great commission that God, that Jesus has left behind for us. Then we have our four core values, fixed on Christ, founded on God's word, fueled by prayer, and focused on discipleship. All of this help us as a church to stay focused and not to lose our way as followers of Christ. All these are important. So comradeship was important, as comradeship was important to the people of Israel, to achieve, com to achieve comradeship is also equally important for us to work towards our mission and vision statement. Outreach discipleship should not be one person's effort. We are all in it together. We are all part of this community. That is why in the past couple of years, we have the sermon series on 1 Corinthians that talk about the church. Nehemiah talk about the building of the broken walls together and the one another series right from the beginning of the year. And now 
we are embracing a new season as we cross the Jordan River. Another essential aspect of comradeship is also the area of complete trust. First and foremost, complete trust in God and His Word. The people of Israel needed to have complete trust in God, in the Almighty God, that the Almighty God would deliver what He has promised. They needed to commit themselves to the Word of God and walk in obedience to the Word. We will see later on what happened where they didn't walk in obedience, okay, in another chapter. Can you imagine Joshua? During the three days by the River Jordan, every morning he go out, take a walk. And he probably have gone to the river banks many times and looking at the water and wondering how was he going to cross the river? How was he going to lead everybody across the river? But thankfully, Joshua's faith was anchored upon his personal encounter with God and the word spoken into his life by God himself. His complete trust in God gave him the confidence to lead the people to cross the river into the promised land. Deep in Joshua's heart, I believe he said this, if God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. So if God has spoken to you about something, you sh we need to believe, and that is good enough, putting our faith in our God. As New Testament believers, we are encouraged to have faith in God. Very quickly, looking at this verse in Hebrews, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, for the conviction of things not seen. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever who draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. So we are to put our faith in God. Like Joshua of old, we need to do that. Have faith in God and His Word. Joshua was put his complete faith in God. Not only that, the other, the other group of people that we need to they need to have complete faith in as fellow Israelites is the fellow Israelites themselves. Their comradeship, their togetherness, their community, their relationship building has enabled them to put their trust in one another. They trust that their fellow Israelites won't turn against them. They trust that their fellow Israelites won't reject them. They won't betray them. At least at this point in time, uh -huh, that they are in, in it together. They knew that they need to cross the River Jordan together. They had to leave, they have to have complete trust that they would, that they would move together. And then the mighty, of course, the mighty men of the two and a half tribes, as we saw last, week, last couple of weeks, that they traveled across, okay? This side of the Jordan was promised to them, was already allocated to the two and a half tribes of Israel. So they did not cross, they need not cross over. But the mighty men went forward, and we knew that they did. Very quickly, looking at Joshua 22, at the end of the book of Joshua, 
he said this, and Joshua held a meeting with the men of the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and East Manasseh, that is the two and a half tribe, and he said to them, you have obeyed every command of the Lord, your God, and of his servant Moses, and you have done everything I've told you to do. It's taken a long time, and you have stayed there, you have stayed and helped your relatives. So it was more than 10 chapters later that they can go home. How long it take? I have no idea. A long time. It, it, Joshua told them it has been a long time. As we read later on in Joshua, that the, they, like mere human beings like you and me, they fail along the way to abide by this trust. They misplace their trust. But God was faithful. We'll talk about this later on in another time in another chapter. It was part of the process of learning. It was part of their process. It was their learning curve. But now they are, they were an excited group of people waiting to cross the river. Then at the end of, then at the end of three days, the command was issued. The command to consecrate themselves before crossing the river. It says, at the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant, your God, being carried by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near in order that you may follow, that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not crossed this path this way before. Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow God will do wonders among you. Why? Why do you think they need to consecrate themselves? They have done well so far. They have, they have fought many successful battles. They have been well trained. I reckon that the reason this time is because, as the verse says, that they have not been this way before. It was a totally brand new adventure they were embarking on. They have not gone that way before. And that, secondly, God was involved. God was going to do amazing things among them. God was going to do something wonderful the next day. They did not know what, nah, but we do. Ah. <laughs> A sense of excitement that God was going to be involved. That a time of getting ready, a time of realigning and focusing on God to steady their heart in God, dedicating themselves to Jehovah God once again. So what exactly is consecration? According to the Webster Dictionary, it is dedicated to a sacred purpose, devoted to a purpose with as if with solemn with deep solemnity and dedication. Why? Because they needed to be set apart. To ask Christian to consecrate ourselves means to be set apart for God, for God's use. The people of God needed to do this before they enter the promised land. They needed to do this because they were called to be a nation that is to be set apart. 
in Exodus 19, it says this, that God told them that they are going to be God's treasured possession among all the people for all for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Those were the words that were spoken to them through Moses. A holy nation. A holy nation needs to be consecrated and set apart. They are going into, across the river, they are going to face a lot of, all kind, a lot of people, all kinds of people who worship all kinds of gods. So they need to consecrate themselves. They need to refocus. Israel was to be a witness of God among the nations. Witness for God among the nations. They are supposed to be different. A nation under the holy God. That was why they needed to be set apart. As New Testament believers, you and I are called to this same mandate. It was the mandate that was given to them. It is now in the New Testament believers, we are given the same mandate. In First Peter, it says, but you are a chosen race, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not, did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's our mandate, to be God's holy nation. In other words, we also need to consecrate ourselves and be set apart for God's purpose as His followers, loving and serving our God. Another aspect of consecration is separation from the past. Allow me to borrow a line from Bishop Raphael from the camp. He said this in the camp. Separation from Egypt. He was talking about Exodus, isn't he? Separation from Egypt is separation from what is ungodly. The Israelites had left Egypt for about 40 years now. They were about to enter the promised land. But they need to leave behind that which was ungodly, that which were ungodly. So the three days probably they had time to think about that. So what were the ungodly mistakes that, that they or even the, their forefathers made in the wilderness? The days of the golden calf, where God was so angry. Moses was up there receiving the Ten Commandments and here they are, before anything else, they broke the first commandment. And then the many days of murmuring, the many days of grumbling. Then the days of insubordination. Read number 16 and you will know. And then the list could go on. Read Exodus and you can add to the list. Read the book of Exodus and Numbers, you can add to the list. Then they all had to pass, put all this behind them before they embraced the new start across the Jordan River, consecrating themselves to things ahead of them. I'm, what I'm going to say is going to, I'm going to say it with fear and trembling. Huh? How about you and me, church? How about you and me here all in all things? The church camp was to be a springboard 
to this series of Joshua. The same, in the same session that Raphael, that Bishop Raphael talked about separation, he mentioned that we as a church, we need to embrace a new season. We also need to put some things behind us. What are they? For those of us in all things long enough would know better than me. Allow me to mention a few. And some of them I copy from, I, I got it from Bishop Raphael huh? during the camp. I, I, I took notes. Past events that scarred us as individual and corporately. Past tragedy. It may be betrayal. It may be rejection. Disappointment. There's one that is mentioned by him is the spirit of accommodation. What's that? That failure to see God's sovereignty. Then the past glamour, if only this happened, if only that happened. Then some of us may be guilty, may, may have this in the past, not guilty, but in the past we had this attitude, the wait and see attitude. We will, we will visit that in a little while again. After the consecration, the moment of crossing the river Jordan finally arrived. There were a few things that they had to do. Open, open your Bibles to me, with me to chapter 3. Yeah? And you will see this in verse 8. That the priest was to bark, sorry, bark, bark, was to bear the Ark of the Covenant and stand still by the riverside. The Ark of the Covenant, as you know, represents, represents the presence of God. And what else do they need to do? Sorry, I lost my page. First of all, the priests have to, have to be by the... Can we have the first one? Yeah. The Ark of the Covenant went ahead. Then the Jordan River rolled up. You know, it ran out of a heap. It didn't part, you know. It's just that it got stopped and it was rolled up by the heap. And the 12 men were called. Who were the 12 men? The 12 men from every tribe, they were called. So, we will look at that in another time. But as they crossed the River Jordan, the hearts must have felt filled with excitement and anticipation to their new adventure. I would like to remind us of the verse that was in our camp. And it says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and river in the desert. Today, church, I would like to do a symbolic act for all of us. I would like us to cross the River Jordan together. To consecrate ourselves and cross the river. And I'm sure at the sight of your pew now, you have a piece of paper. Okay, you have a piece of paper I've written mine. It comes something like that at the edge there. Those who are sitting here can um, 
take the piece of paper and distribute it down, pass it down. Yes, it's right at the center. Okay. At the corner of the pill, you will have some pieces of paper. Please distribute them. Not enough. Um, take from the front as in front of you. Take from the front pill. Okay. Then write on that piece of paper what you believe you need to leave behind personally and as a member of the church. Doesn't matter how long you have been. You don't need to take too long to think. No need to tell grandmother's story. If I'm going to use the word grandmother. If it is just a word that you know exactly what it is. Okay? If it is the grandmother Sega, you put out there the grandmother Sega, and you will know what it is. Whatever it is, just one word to describe the incident. I put three for each. If you have only one, so be it. If you have more, you can flip and you can write it. What I'm going to do, when you have written, I would like to invite you out from where you are by the side, okay? This, this side comes to the wall side and come to the front. There are two dustbins in front, okay? So you crush your paper, okay? Fold it up or crush your paper and drop it into the dustbin and you walk down the red carpet. The red carpet will act as the Jordan River and you go back to your seat at the after crossing the river, okay? Just don't go back the same way you came back, came from. So that is, it's just a symbolic act because you have not passed this way before. Consecrating ourselves and crossing the River Jordan. I'm going to ask the musician to play the camp song. And as they play, you write. And I'm going to invite... Minghui to come and start first, and Pastor Darren will come. Minghui will represent the Levitical priest, and of course, Pastor Darren will represent the, a New Testament priest, okay? So I'm going to ask the musician to play the song. <laughs> 